<laughs> we did it. <laughs> it's time to take some Molly. For all your questions, quandaries, and problems, philosophical queries, she's got you covered. Take some. Take some. Welcome to Take Some Molly. Uh, I'm Molly Smithson, Molly Golightly on the wide world web, world wide web, and my newly dubbed moniker, Molly Squama Mississippi Ensis. Do you know what this is, Carl? No, no. It is a new species of pocket shark that they found in the Gulf of Mexico this week. Is Now, what? You're going to have to fill me in on what a yeah, pocket shark is. I will tell, is. and then we'll describe. I'll Google it right now, and you can see what it looks like. Okay. Basically, it's like a deep water shark mm-hmm. that has the head of a sperm whale and is very small. Really? Yes. I'm assuming could fit in a large, like a fisherman's pocket. Yeah. Po- it sounds like pocket shark would be like a, like a euphemism for somebody <laughs> masturbating in public. <laughs> that... It was great. That needs to be now that they're out and about. There are two species. They're very rare. Hmm. What would be a rare masturbator? Like a, a rare <laughs> masturbator. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Teeth, okay. slimy. But look at their little eyes. It's like an angry masturbator is a pocket yeah. shark. Well, any, any public masturbator is typically angry. Yeah, true. Look at this, though. Oh, my God. And it glows in the dark. And it glows in the dark. Hmm. It's like, whoa. So, anyways, it's a Molly Squama Mississippianus. Damn. There you go. Fun fact. Today on Take Some Molly, I'm here with Carl Berger, who is a Portland comic, but we're talking about another expertise of yours. (laughs) Do you want to fill everyone in? Kind of, who are you? What? Are we talking about in regards to the outdoors and your experiences and just start us off? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I have a little bit of experience uh, backpacking, hiking, camping, things of that nature. Um, In 2015, I through-hiked the Appalachian Trail with my father uh, from from Georgia to Maine. So so I have a little... I I wouldn't say I'm like the the best... uh, advice giver or the most learned on all things but if you're hiking the uh the 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 northeast corridor of the united states (laughs) well i kind of have us covered i would say i'm not an expert either but i hiked 40 miles on partly the pct oh yeah partly um through like the mount jefferson mount hood wilderness nice with my mom nice which we uh, yeah you have in common yeah so that's cool did you yeah (laughs) did you learn a lot about your dad on this trip uh no not really really? (laughs) i feel like i learned so much about my mom we both cried a couple times like my mom got a fish hook stuck in her chin wow yeah it was all her own fault though because she wanted to like bring a collapsible fishing pole that's pretty fun yeah no we didn't uh i think the one major misconception about the Appalachian Trail is that it's you're going to go out into the wilderness and find some peace and solidarity and it's it's like a a pretty I mean it's a it's a very popular trail and it goes through some very populated areas so it's pretty busy the Mm -hmm. whole time Um, so you don't really get the chance or opportunity to 
feel like you're out in wilderness or kind of get any sort of real solace you're you're kind of always surrounded by people yeah. so any any moments or chances of um having heart to hearts or reflecting upon life with my father was kind of ruined by people trying to get fucked up on the trail <laughs> who was the funniest person to ruin a moment there there are oh man there are a lot of like older i don't know if they're necessarily like transient folks or just, right. pe- just people that like um have taken to the to the at to kind of either find themselves midlife or in their later 50s mm-hmm. who, who <laughs> are kind of embracing maybe like a wilder more free-spirited they have uh, a hearty life yeah yeah on the trail so we definitely would run into a lot of people a lot of these like older folk who would just be like a little a little too loose yeah. a little too fast and loose right and, <laughs> and it's, it's like, like ooh, i don't i don't know if i want to like I don't know. I don't want to hang out around a campfire with this guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely recommend the PCT for solitude more so. I mean, we did it in September, this little section, but the only people that we saw were like through hikers who were booking it. Right. That's when it gets a little colder yeah, and especially. Yeah. Cool off and yeah. Everybody's trying to get, get through it. Yeah. Right. Um, and then Japanese through hikers who also had like all the newest gear, perfect packs and just blew past you said no hello it was like all efficiency they're here to hike yeah so yeah it was very much just my mom and i getting high just hanging climbing yeah we had to go through like one wilderness burn area oh and that was fucking nuts almost broke down like both of us was it on fire no no but it like had been scary no (laughs) we would have evacuated hopefully um no it had been probably like five years ago Mm. but it wasn't i mean our like u.s forest service is fucked so nobody had come in to clear it right even though it was a lake people at like boy scout trips used to go to whatever blah 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 um so you just had to straddle every log yeah so there's some choice pictures of my mom and I both like writing some old growth, some burnt down <laughs> yeah, old growth logs. Old growth wood. Yeah, oh, um, classic. Yeah, it was fun, but yeah. So we're gonna talk camping questions and really just I don't know. Do you still camp? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As as often as I can. I mean, it's uh, I don't know. Kind of summertime in Portland is this. Uh, feast or famine time when a lot of people want to get out there and go camping and stuff like that but also work seems to ramp up for a lot of people and i'm i'm finding myself back in the freelance independent contractor community so a lot of times i'm picking up jobs that you know i've got to work through the weekend or yeah just be on call for all kinds of stuff so i'm trying to get out more i did i camped at wadham lake a couple weeks ago oh where's that uh i I think that's up in the Washington side, like, uh, not, I'm trying to think of the, the name of it. Yeah. Not Pat, it's like past Battleground. Okay. It's maybe like an hour and a half a outside the city. A lot of good spots up there. Yeah. I'm trying to, th- I can't remember the name of the, uh, the forest that it's in. Hmm. The, uh, maybe Gifford Pinchot. Oh, yeah. National so a little, Forest. how far away? I think it's like an hour and a half to okay. two hours, depending on. How is it spelled? 
Wadam W A D U M possibly. I'm also <laughs> the worst at spelling. <laughs> <laughs> and it rem- there might be two D's. It'll come up. Yeah. Solves all spelling woes. W H W A T H U M. I was way off. Wadam. No, that's an interesting name. Yeah, that's a really nice... Oh, it's kind of cl- near Eagle Creek. Yeah, it's a really yeah. nice little area to, to camp. You don't have to do a crazy amount of hiking to get down to where the campsites yeah. are, but there are trails all around, and then the lake is pretty peaceful. And mm-hmm. I think there's there's it, what I've noticed in and around like the Portland area mm-hmm. is the places that are a little bit more difficult to get to to like access or a little bit further from a parking lot are a little more pleasant and cleaner yes. and <laughs> yes i was just gonna ask do you actually car camp or hike in a little way yeah i do both yeah. i mean i it's i i don't you know turn my nose up at any type of camping because uh, yeah. like car camping is super fun and you it can is. bring a lot of junk (laughs) chairs and a cooler and all like these really nice uh amenities but Mm -hmm. also there is something to be said about hiking in um i'm trying to think the enchanted forest i did that earlier in the summer where is that not the theme park not the theme park (laughs) that is in the olympic national forest oh Uh, so it's a little bit further up in washington wait the wonderland trail no i don't know if it's connected to the i don't think it's part of the wonderland trail but it's just i think it's just called the enchanted valley Hmm. uh and there's a old like hunting chateau uh big like two-story log cabin at the end of this like 14 mile segment of hiking and you can kind of camp next to it's all boarded up yeah but the whole valley is incredibly beautiful um and i hiked it with my girlfriend However, it was raining and it was kind of, oh, <laughs> it was just kind of like miserable. Uh, but it, you know, you make the best of it. Yeah. Well, that relates to a question. So we'll get into these. Get, yeah, ready? get right into it. All right. Um, everybody's hiking, camping, but I don't know where to start. What are your favorite ways to find new trails? Do you go to the same spots multiple times? Yeah. Yeah. I Well, starting, I guess, back from the end of the question to the beginning of the question (laughs) uh yeah always hike trails that you've been on because it's like never i mean it's never going to be the same it's kind of like that old uh a river is what is it it's constant but not ever changing or something i don't don't know yeah it's kind of impressionistic (laughs) yeah yeah same trails and and see what's different i like to go to different different hikes different trails different times a year to see how the landscape changes and how the view changes and stuff like that dog mountain i think that's on the washington side too of the columbia gorge that's always like a really nice hike to do different times a year yeah um so yeah i'm i'm not gonna i'm not like one of the types of hikers or campers who has like a checklist and like i can't there's so many things to hike i can't go back i can't do the same thing twice because i've got to like check off all these things (coughs) and i don't know the best the best way to find stuff i usually just like google search like hikes camping yeah 
th there's a lot of good resources. The um, Forest Service website does have like a lot of good resources too. And you can print maps, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty amazing the for how underfunded the Forest Service is and the Bureau of Land Management. They do have a lot of like easy to access resources and Definitely. maps. And if you're just driving out to any national park or any like forest or anything like that they usually have stations and the people are always pretty yeah. nice and very knowledgeable i think more than anything like a lot of government branches it's like they do a great job with the resources they have yeah yeah and it's not we're not even i think that's a big misconception too is people who are entering a forest might say oh this trail is marked and so it's going to be well maintained. Yeah. And that's a big thing that if you're just Googling, you're going to get the most common trails. And that's For a good sure. place to start because you don't want to be the idiot that gets lost. Yeah. Um, also, it's very scary, but very kind of embarrassing for you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scary and embarrassing. But def yeah, looking up information ahead of time, kind of like having a general idea of the map and typography yeah and like knowing whether or not you're going to lose cell reception i think a lot of people just rely so heavily on their phone they're like oh we'll go to this place and if we get lost i'll like just pull up google maps right um, but you can save you can s download maps on google maps and like yes use and that. Did that my boyfriend did that recently <laughs> when we went we went to a lolly lake which is also in mount jefferson kind of same area um but he downloaded the map and it was a bummer because it didn't have full trail maps really yeah yeah so i think you have to set the layers or something yeah I somebody who's more technically savvy yeah. could probably create a really dope google map yeah. with various well, I layers know there are like apps that you can download the entire pct or the entire at it's like yeah. pay 20 bucks yeah and then yeah. you get the different sections as you go you know which yeah is similar to a paper map um but then you have to have your phone charged right right at the time like that might be tough um was there anything else to that guy yeah going to the same spot finding new trails one app i do like is called the outbound oh have i haven't heard of that, that it's outbound. more of like a filtered search for all outdoor activities. Oh, nice, So, like, nice. hiking, everything from, like, boating to just, like, walking. Like, they have different walks in Portland. Yeah. Um, and that one sometimes has, like, pictures and reviews, so you can kind of get a feel for the terrain. Yeah. And see what's up that's and always nice. Yeah. So that. Well, I use All Trails and Outdoor yeah. Project. Yeah. And I think they have, size. like, a free level and then a premium level. Like, right. I, you can't, like, download maps on the free level right um it's also nice to just uh like instagram the actual location like go like oh, the geotag location yeah i'll do that for like winter stuff to see what the conditions are like yeah um or, and then just like also laugh at people who've taken really cheesy instagram photos <laughs> at like waterfalls and stuff that's infotainment yeah you're exactly learning, and you're learning la live yeah live laugh learn yeah we're <laughs> 
<laughs> ripping off Jake Silverman's. <laughs> Jake does that, and then Dylan Carlino also does Love and Light. Um, L's are just a fun. It is a good letter. letter. You know? Yeah. A punchy letter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there was something I was going to say. Instagram, photo. Oh, do you, so winter hiking, do you snowshoe? Do you just really hike, like, when it's rainy but manageable here in Oregon? Uh, now that I, like, not having to hike through awful weather, yeah. uh, I would I would opt to not do that. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, winter hiking, um, I I do a lot of snowshoeing or just hiking in kind of wintry conditions. I don't cross country ski. I don't actually do any like winter sports. Yeah, me I just either. wasn't brought up that way. So I know Portland's like a huge town for skiing and snowboarding right. and stuff like that. But uh, I ain't got time for that. But <laughs> you grew up in Maine. You grew up in Maine, like yeah. The other, other Portland, other mm-hmm. outdoor capital, I'd say, of the East Coast. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where did you grow up again? A town called Booth Bay. Okay. It's where like is that? mid-coast, and it's about an hour north of Portland, Maine, okay. on the coast. It's a small yeah. town. I think we had a population of like about... 5,000 within, like, our the combined five right. towns in our little peninsula. Yeah. Interesting. It sounds yeah. quaint. It was, it's, it's like a kind of becoming more and more of, like, a summer destination. Cool. And vaca- yeah. <laughs> vacation spot. Um, but in the winter, it, like, man, everything really shuts down. And there'd be maybe like three bars open in the winter time and like a couple of restaurants that stay open yeah and one grocery store and you you really have to like if you want to go enjoy (laughs) i was gonna say if you want to enjoy life but if you want to (laughs) like seek out entertainment in any way you had to like drive 45 minutes to an hour to go to a movie theater or like Yeah. yeah yeah Which is much more common, I think, than people think about, especially in, like, the Portland bubble. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of, do you feel like you, uh, at the time, appreciated nature and, like, outdoor activities more or wanted, like, more culture? Or what, how would you compare it to now living in Oregon where it's a big part of the culture, but we have yeah. everything locally? Yeah. I did grow up with a big and deep appreciation for nature and for like that being outdoors um my mother worked for like our local land conservation um uh booth region land trust is what she worked for back then and she's since moved to a different land preservation organization um so like hiking the trails around town and stuff like that that was like a weekly activity yeah um getting involved in different like cleanup projects and stuff like right. that that was that was a part of my experience growing up and yeah um i i went to a kind of i did a semester at like an alternative styled high school when oh, i was cool <laughs> when i was a junior in high school um that was like outdoor education slash uh farming based wow. <laughs> Did you have like a specialty, or it was just kind of learning about it, it was, yeah, it was fisheries <laughs> and forestries yeah, and yeah. husbandries and a lot of that. <laughs> it was learning about, uh, like learning about organic farming and land 
preservation and stuff like that and yeah. community building through those avenues pretty like hippie progressive stuff that's cool though <laughs> i think that's making especially in terms of like accessibility in the wilderness making a comeback yeah and on to our next question or another well let's see camping seems like a rich white people thing which is so true sometimes. What are some ways people who didn't grow up in the outdoors can be more comfortable hiking and camping? I don't know if I can comment on this as a white woman, so I would say... Yeah, well, a, I mean, as a woman, I can say it's tough Yeah. Um, to get into it and know what you're... Or not even know what you're talking about, pick up knowledge from people, be comfortable enough right. to... A, be knowledgeable and speak to that knowledge. Right, right, right. And then also just, like, going out in the wilderness alone is not something that's that viable, you know? Right, yeah. Um, I, th- yeah, that's, uh, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> is the, the short answer. <laughs> yeah, it's, de- I think that hiking and camping has been kind of co-opted by, like, that bougie white person yeah. kind of, like, I, I feel I mean I feel the same way about like surfing right. or skiing or snowboarding or any of that where it's like that does all of that to me seems like it takes a lot of money and equipment and time and energy yeah. put into it when it, like at the same time it's like well I got to work and make money to just survive in this world. Right. Uh, I think that like camping and hiking and backpacking can be done super affordable and cheaply yes um and like you don't need all of the trappings or all of the high-end top quality boots backpacks gear and stuff like that um there were a lot of people that just on the appalachian trail that we met that like pretty much started their hike with nothing wow um there's there's a pretty interesting uh not not mentality or not really mantra or lifestyle on the trail but there's this idea of like le- like leaving behind items that like are slowing you down or that you don't need just like leaving them in different places like or like they have these hiker boxes mm-hmm. leaving something in, and then karmically that'll help help somebody else out and then somewhere down the trail you'll receive that kind of yeah. benefit it's trail magic yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so like I knew this one guy who his like whole idea was like, I'm going to just fly down to Georgia, um, like basically take a cab or see if I can get a ride to the trail, start with nothing. And we ran into him in Pennsylvania and he had like, I mean, he just had picked up boots and like backpack and a tent and like all this stuff along the way. There's a lot of like people who want to help and support hikers mm-hmm. at least on the at so like he would just get to a town or a place that would cross a road and kind of like ask for a ride into town and just through talking with people they'd they'd just give him stuff um and it's like he wasn't just like a, a strapping young lad he he looked kind of like a maybe a, <laughs> a disheveled or unsavory yes. character a, as does everybody when they're like through hiking right. everybody looks kind of grubby and, and unkempt yeah grubby. you smell really bad <laughs> but like as long as you've got 
okay shoes yeah and maybe like a water bottle you can hike you can go anywhere and hike and and means to get to i guess means to get to that location right i guess that's the the main uh difficulty holding somebody back if they don't have a vehicle yeah i do want to like point people to to like uh, what is her name? Liz Thomas, I believe, who's a through hiker. She had the record for the AT. Oh, wow. And so her thing now is uh, hike your city, which I think is a really cool thing. If you're not in a super accessible city, Portland is great with trails. Like, a lot of places are getting better. Um, that can be tough. Yeah. But it's a place to start where it's, even if you're walking a mile to a park, and then you're in a safe kind of sheltered outdoor area, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's I I don't know for sure, but I imagine there are resources and like meetups and yeah, groups very for true. people who wanted like Mm-hmm. get together and hike with a group and stuff like that yeah t- to just touch briefly on what you were talking about being a woman and like solo oh, hiking yeah. yeah i can't speak a lot to that not not having lived that experience but i yeah for sure do acknowledge that there is a huge gap there a huge divide because like i i mean i hiked with my dad but i had planned to solo hike it and i did not have any doubts or hesitation crossed right. my mind about like my safety right um whereas yeah if you're if you're a, a woman solo hiking it's like you're in a completely different yeah you're in a comp- completely different field uh yeah and you can have great moments it's not like a hundred percent defensive yeah no no um, yeah yeah my rules are pretty much like area within and a mile of reception yeah in a public yeah. place during like day hikes only i've never gone overnight hiking by myself yeah which i would love to do um i don't know i enjoy both like the solitude of nature and as much as going out with people and spending time so who knows someday maybe someday maybe i think that would be an interesting resource or like if if somebody if uh, if there was a female hiker enthusiast author who could like put together tips i mean, it might be out there yeah, in web format probably. like tips and tricks and ways to stay safe while right like hiking so it's hard enough for a woman to be safe just like walking down the street so when you like add the element of being outdoors away from yes <laughs> definitely away from civilization yeah yeah i mean i know that when most phones that are equipped with gps if you do keep your phone on i think airplane mode the gps is still activated so do that like don't turn it off because if something happens and your phone's still on they can find your phone yeah Um, (laughs) people wise have a hard stare in your eyes (laughs) don't smile like very sad but true uh yeah but yeah so that's a good and we kind of related to this other question but um good transition sort of i want to start backpacking but a i'm broke and Mm. b i don't have any equipment what are things i should buy new and the things that can come from thrift stores or freebies like you were talking about yeah yeah i would say man it's if you can if you can spend the money on like a solid pair of hiking boots yeah i think that's like one of the best investments um i 
I hiked the entire trail with one pair of boots, which is maybe not recommended. It it definitely did like damage my feet at the end of it. What kind of boots were they? It, they were uh, Solomon. I think it's like GTX fours. Mm. <laughs> I love the Solomon. I have their running shoes. Yeah, trail running shoes. Solomon Solomon makes a really good product, mm. and the boots last. They lasted. 2200 miles wow um and then at the end of the trail i like they were not wearable anymore so i uh this is maybe a little shitty but back back (laughs) then ll bean had a like no questions asked return policy so i just returned them and got another pair (laughs) that's amazing though that's testament to ll yeah well they've they've since changed their policy ah, <laughs> you can't do fault. yeah it could be yeah <laughs> you can't do that anymore uh but if you can find uh, a company that has some sort of like similar or comparable policy i know like rei has a decent policy yeah i don't know what danner is like but i think danner i mean this was the case in wild but i'm pretty sure they kept it up was like if you lost a boot or something went wrong you, they would send you a pair pretty much no questions yeah asked. yeah and they're re- reputable people i would trust them. yeah yeah and so like i think my pair of hiking boots was like 179 or maybe nearing $200 which is like for someone who's not trying to invest or spend a lot of money on hiking boots I could see that being like a big huge price point at the same time I've got a lot of friends who have spent way more on less functioning boots and stuff like that where it's like oh damn you just spent $500 on fry boots that you're gonna wear once or twice a year exactly (laughs) okay Question number whatever. Um, do you have any horror stories from camping trips or things that went terribly wrong? How could they have been prevented? Oh man, uh, <laughs> there the few. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a couple anecdotes about things that went wrong, not terribly wrong. Um, I forget where we were, but one night my dad and I got high. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Super. Super chill. And he tried to charge his phone. So we have, like, external batteries that we carry with us. But he was plugging in the micro USB thing that would charge his external battery. He was trying to plug that into his iPhone jack. (laughs) Which, (laughs) let me just, this all sounds like super, like, first world problems. Like, he was trying to (laughs) plug his (laughs) external uh, battery into his... My dad didn't understand technology. (laughs) So he... But in doing that, he broke his phone. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he, like, d- destroyed the, uh, the what do you call that? Charging the charging port. port. Yeah. And had to, we had to, like, use my phone to call my stepmom to, like, dig out his whatever phone policy. Because it was, like, a phone through his work. So, like, he, he had to have his work Wait. reissue him a new phone and send. And it was, like, yeah. It was maybe, like, a month of him being phoneless and like tr- going back and forth wow. calling people on my phone trying to get a new phone oh my god just because it was that added layer of like this is a work phone like right <laughs> and you're on the trail and we're in the middle of nowhere yeah. and get wi-fi or get like cell service every right. once in a while right so don't get high and <laughs> mix up your electronics ports <laughs> um another night we were 
somewhere like in northeast like somewhere maybe delaware pennsylvania and it was his birthday it was his 63rd birthday and we were with a big group of people at uh, a shelter at like a a, a some sort of converted barn right and we'd been (laughs) we had been drinking a lot but he had mistaken uh like a bottle of vodka for a bottle of somebody's white gas like little canister shit because like a lot of that stuff looks pretty similar at night so he he took like a big gulp of white gas and immediately got super sick not to the point we didn't have to take him to the hospital well nobody could have at that point but like he was just throwing up for the rest of the night because uh, you can't drink white gas. Yeah, so no, that's a really bad idea. Man, your poor dad. Yeah, he actually, he I'm surprised he survived. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, so then the one other big uh, scary thing that happened is we were in Pennsylvania, which is notoriously rocky, and it was raining, so it was rocky and slippery, and he slipped and he hit his head, and like, oh. yeah, like really, uh, he he didn't get super fucked up, but like, we had to get off the trail, and he had to go to the hospital and get stitches, yeah. um, but and he was these the moments where you're just like fuck i have to be the adult now and take care of my dad yeah, yeah. i mean i didn't i just didn't do much i like helped him walk to the road you know okay. Not bad. <laughs> i didn't like <laughs> suture him or anything okay. <laughs> like su- i was yeah. just like oh shit you you're bleeding this sucks and like right we gotta get off the trail and fu- like get you to a hospital and yeah luckily that like we were close enough to a town um I'm blanking on the name of the town. Somewhere, not Doyle's town. Somewhere in Pennsylvania, it's okay. got a stupid name like something town. Uh, <laughs> that we were close. Town. Yeah. Who knows? We were close enough to a town that it was not a big deal. So it was like a 15-minute walk to get yeah. to get somewhere to a road. Right. If we were somewhere deeper in the woods, it would have been a lot worse and a lot yeah. scarier. But. Yeah, watching your watching your footing, taking your time, not rushing, making sure you're not drinking flammable uh propane or white gas and just a general life. These are general life rules, yeah. That's like a physical rule of life is like don't ingest it. Don't yeah, don't don't drink poisons. (laughs) Um I as for disasters, uh this is more I guess not necessarily car camping, but just like campground rules. I would say wear flip flops not often you know like wear them if you're airing out your shoes or your toes near a campfire put on your socks and then your shoes if you're going out at the middle of the night oh yeah because i once had a guy who came out in flip-flops and they were just like whatever thin flip-flops and stepped on a stake fully went through his oh crazy crazy painful so now that's a big fear of mine yeah i only wear socks and yeah yeah shoes you know you yeah you do have to that's like the one thing it's like your feet are integral and essential to mobility when you're hiking like that's your tool right you really like want to protect and take care of them yeah so like you do want to air your feet out if you're doing a lot of hiking like Mm -hmm. you gotta let those you gotta let those dogs breathe a little bit but yeah you don't want to like even a stub toe or any sort of 
it's minor injury if you're doing like if you're doing i don't know 20 plus miles a day and hiking a lot uh yeah any small pain or ouchie can can really be intensified it really can and that's why when you i would say if you're buying boots buy them and then try them out oh yeah i don't know at least five miles i would say like on your training hikes 15 to 17 just know they're good and break them in yeah yeah that's i think a big a big not a not a problem but i I do think a lot of people they're just like oh brand new shoes they should be fine but you with hiking boots especially you need to like break them in true let's see what else I've recently gotten into backpacking, and I want to take some friends out on an awesome trail I recently found, but I'm worried I don't have enough experience. They said to backpack, but I think lead a backpacking Hmm. trip. Um, What are some things I should keep in mind? Uh, You can just fake it. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. it Like, uh, that's a great... That's a great uh, scenario to like really practice your improv skills. Yes. You know, just like make up some stuff about yeah. the hike on the way. There you go. Um, history. Yeah, his yeah, various rock formations. This battle was fought in these woods. Yeah, all of that. They're not gonna know, and they're probably not gonna check up on that. True. Um, but as far as like. If you're organizing and like leading a some sort of a hiking, camping, backpacking trip, I guess you should be a little bit prepared for some stuff. Maybe bring like a bigger first aid kit or some extra things. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're if you're going with a group, the whole group should be kind of looking out for one another and and on the same page as far as everybody's safety yeah. and, and I'm well-being people probably have camping experience yeah. i don't know i've gone camping with friends who are not as skilled but like just backpacking in one or two miles can be perfect oh yeah you have some space you can go explore other trails you know yeah um, if you want to get like really advanced, you can take uh, wilderness first responder yeah. courses. Yeah. Um, I don't know if like various if community centers, YMCA's, uh, JCCs, if they put them on, or you can probably find one at like a local community college. Yeah. Um, Even I mean, your local outdoors store will know and be a good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next adventure might yeah. even put them on or like they'll have the yeah. information yeah uh, that i mean if if you want to like if you're somebody who's maybe interested in like really getting to know what to do in wilderness situations and like you're maybe a little bit more cautious or worried about th- th- like taking longer hikes with people it's not a crazy investment to to get that certification and then you'll i think you'll feel like a lot better about what to do if somebody trips and breaks like (laughs) breaks their femur you know and then it's like all right how do we get jared out of the woods with a broken femur see i feel like everyone who's an anxious person that's gone in the woods has pictured like that kind of brick where it's like oh the leg bone's sticking out and it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I have n- I have not had to encounter oh. any of those. Man, I yeah. It's like at that point, 
hope that your cell phone works. <laughs> I don't. We'll come back for you, man. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I, I think that's probably not what you want to do. You I think you can make, if you're in a terrible, like, make a backboard out of your back uh, backpack if you can, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Imp- Stabilize whatever it It goes it back is. to improvisation. Like, mm-hmm. as long as it's not, like, a life-threatening or like a neck injury i know yeah. like neck injuries if you if we you fuck with somebody who's hurt their back or neck uh you d- for sure can do more damage mm-hmm. than good um but if it's like uh oh, my foot is facing the other direction like carrying them or like helping them walk out yeah. it's probably not gonna not gonna harm them That's too much more true, that being true. said i i don't know so yeah. <laughs> this is no not idea. a medical advice podcast yeah. like we are not doctors or i don't are you a wilderness first responder i was yeah nice. my certification has lapsed so yes. i don't know Same if with there's any lifeguarding so. yeah yeah i don't know if there I, I vaguely remember a lot of the stuff we did right um but, but yeah. i don't know um I don't know what that one means. And we just do you have like one favorite day ca- day hiking, camping or backpacking? Oh, if I had to pick yeah, one of those. Pick one of them. Mm, what would you pick? I I mean, I do love camping. I I there's a weird sense of kind of security and comfort being in a tent. Yes. For me. Um where it's like you can just it's it's weird because so many people have the fear of being in the woods and being in a tent and being like, what's on the other side of the tent? Like, what are those noises in the right. woods? But same similar with being in like a sleeping bag when you kind of zip up your tent at night and it's cozy and you might have a little lantern or something like that and you can just read in your in your little cocoon. Uh, that to me is like super comforting. Uh, and I also I like. And not sleeping on the ground directly, but I enjoyed the sleeping pad that I have mm-hmm. and being like on the ground is, I don't know. It does kind of realign your yeah. spine a little bit. I you like have a, a good sleeping pad and good sleeping bag. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a, I like a firmer mattress. Like I like a yeah. hard sleeping surface. So yeah, being on the ground, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, in a good like not fully horizontal but like a good flat space yes it it can be a little annoying if you're like on a slight uh uh incline or decline or slope of any kind and you're just like sliding all night long that can get irritating but yes so flat space for sure yeah um Cool. Well, that's all the questions I have for you today. Do you have anything you want to tell people about or No, I I I mean, if you want to know more about hiking the Appalachian Trail specifically, you can watch uh I I helped to make a full-length documentary about oh. the hike my dad and I took. Uh it's called Walking Home. It's on YouTube. It's 90 minutes. It's a it's a laugh riot. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait to watch. Yeah. I think it's a it's a it's a great film it's a will they won't they kind of rom-com uh i wish we had a clip we could play like they do on tv oh yeah yeah and i'd be like so what's going on in this scene but it's such a short out of context clip you have to be like um i don't know it's just adventure it's really about their journey yeah yeah oh man well go watch it on youtube yeah walking Um, home 
sweet plugs for me and life. Subscribe and rate slash review. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Um, Or share this episode with people who are wanting to camp. Yeah. Yeah. And this week we have, I mean, every week, because this won't come out this week, but every single week, hopefully, from when this comes out, we have Jaded, a comedy open mic, every Thursday at the Jade Lounge. Jade Lounge. And the big one, which is at uh, Etc. Eatery on Saturdays. And then follow me online at Molly Golightly on everything. Carl, your burger, burger, burger Burger, burger, burger on Instagram. The Carl Burger on Twitter. The one you can be one way. of one of one of <laughs> fifty other <laughs> followers. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of killing it. So. I love Twitter. I hate it. I hate it so much. Awesome. Have a good one, y'all. Bye. Bye.